This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Randy Roche. Kind of go together, don't they? The words Christmas season and anxious. I want you to think back to last year and the years before that. Anxious. Anxious about long shopping lines. Anxious about how many parties we need to go to and what we should be bringing. Anxious about programs for children and how early do we have to get there so we don't have to sit in the back of the fellowship hall. Anxious about family gatherings. Are we going to all get along? We're not anxious about that too much. There isn't a whole lot of shopping. Programs are virtual. Parties are non-existent. Today it's different. We've got different anxieties today. We're shopping online and we're wondering, is a medium really a medium or is it run big or does it run small? Because I can't hold that up. And is it the right shade of blue? And if it isn't the right size or the right shade, is it easily returnable? But then we also have to worry that it's going to get where it needs to get on time. Or we're anxious about family members that we can't visit, especially grandparents, those who are longing to have visitors, those who are longing for conversation, for a gentle touch and a warm hug. Anxious. In our text for today, we find someone who's a bit anxious, and that's Mary. She's visited by an angel, which causes a little anxiety. It begins this way, and the angel came to Mary and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Well, let's start with the word favored. It's a a Greek word that is really translated, uh, Greetings, you who have been graced. She's been graced by God. Grace is that unconditional love of God that is not dependent on who we are, but totally dependent on who He is. God is love. Greetings to you, graced one. The Lord is with you. And Mary's response is in that very next verse. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The greatly troubled, the Greek word for troubled there is thoroughly disturbed. She was shaken to the bone. Her whole being was shook. I guess that's what happens when you see an angel, I would imagine. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You have been graced by God, and evidently Mary is living this grace of God. Mary is living within this favor of God, which to me means that Mary was looking to be part of God's way, to be part of God's will, to have her life really focused on this God who continues to grace her. And now here comes the message. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You will, says the angel. You will conceive 
and you will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. And this isn't some kind of forced thing. He's not saying, look here, young lady, whether you like it or not, you're going to conceive a child, and you're going to give birth, and you're going to name him Jesus. That's not what's going on here. This is the announcement of God's plan to a person who's been open to God's plan. Because when you're graced, you're open to being the Lord's servant. Mary's response. So how will this be since I'm a virgin? The Greek says, how will this be since I've never been with a man? And I don't think she's doubting. I don't think she's saying, oh, you know what? You must have the wrong Mary. Did you check the address? Probably the wrong house. You probably should use your Google Maps on this one. No, I I don't see it that way. If you remember from last week when Zechariah and Elizabeth had been praying for years and years to have a child, and finally in their advanced age, an angel comes to Zechariah while he is serving in the house of the Lord and says, the Lord's heard your prayer. You're going to have a son. And Zechariah doubts. He says, are you serious? Man, we've been praying for this, but there's no way. We're well beyond childbearing years. That's not what I'm hearing Mary say. I'm not hearing Mary say, now this isn't going to work. I've never been with a man. I think this is a rather inquisitive question. She's inquiring about the plan. Really? How's this going to work? I think she went from being nervously anxious at the sight of an angel to having an anticipatory anxiousness. How is this going to happen? The angel explains it. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. In other words, Mary, don't worry about it. There's nothing that you've got to do. God will take care of this. God's got it handled. He's already graced you. And He's graced you for this mission. And then the angel adds this. For nothing will be impossible with God. It's a rather short conversation that Mary has with this angel. And it ends with Mary's response. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I am the servant of the Lord. The Greek word there is I'm a a slave to the Lord. In other words, I bow my will to that of God. I think when we read through this portion of Scripture, we might just see it as just one little piece to the Christmas puzzle. Just one little chapter of the Christmas account. I think there's something deeper here. There is something historical, but I think there's something personal that happens here. Because I think Mary's mission is also our mission. Let's jump to Acts chapter 1. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and at about the age of 30 began his earthly ministry where he, well, he gave song to the mute tongue, and he unstopped the deaf ears, and he made the lame leap with joy, and he raised the dead. 
and he was captured and tried and found guilty of blasphemy, trumped up charges. And he was tortured and he was nailed to a cross and he was left suspended until he died and was buried. And then we know what happens on Easter morning, the resurrection, Jesus bringing new life, eternal life. And 40 days after Easter, Jesus gathers his disciples, his graced ones together. There's Peter and Andrew and James and John and all 12 of those, those 11, really, Judas is gone. And he says to them this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will. Again, this isn't some kind of stern warning. This is an invitation. This is the promise. I'm going to use you to share my good news. And notice how this is done. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, it's the same message that was given to Mary 33 years earlier. The Holy Spirit comes upon us that we would be graced people. And God's plan is this. God's plan was for Mary to carry Jesus into the world. That's our plan. The plan God gave to us is that we would carry Jesus into the world. So what is our response? Are we like doubting Zechariah and say, oh man, there's no way, I'm not gifted to do that. I could, I could never do that kind of thing. What, what if people ask me questions and I don't have the answers? Or worse yet, what happens if I give them the wrong answer? Can't do it. Or is our answer going to be more inquisitive like Mary's? Where we might say, how can this be? Since I've never been to the seminary. Still not convinced? Maybe still a little anxiety at the thought of sharing your faith? The Holy Spirit promises to come upon us, to overshadow us so that we can simply tell our story. Wait a minute, Pastor, tell our story. I thought we were supposed to tell Jesus' story. Yes, exactly right. We get to tell His story by telling our story. Reminds me back um, when we still had County Stadium. The Brewers played in Old County Stadium. And uh, I was privileged for about three years to work down in the video room by the, by the clubhouse, and I remember some of us were chatting with a pitcher who said he was a bit anxious, he was nervous, he was worried, because a youth group asked him to come and speak, to give his testimony, his story. I don't have one, he said. I don't have a story. He said, I've, I've heard other baseball players give their story. And it, it's a story of coming from a, a broken home and then there was this Christian coach that taught him about Jesus and, and he's got this beautiful story. Or another one who's been addicted to drugs or, or alcohol and they find themselves in the gutter and, and then a, a mission comes and 
and shares Jesus and they have a whole new life. He said, I don't have that. He was asked, well, tell us what, what your life was like. Well, I grew up in a Christian home where we went to church and we went to Sunday school, my parents and my siblings, along with me. And, and I was in youth group and I married my high school sweetheart and we've got children and we go to church and we go to Sunday school and we pray at home. And someone said, that's it. That's your story. We tell his story through our story. It's all we have to do. And it begins at home. You know, Mary, Mary brought Jesus into her home. We bring Jesus into our home as parents. We share Jesus with our children, bringing them to church or Sunday school when that gets going again. Family devotions at the dinner table, prayers at the bedside, reminding children what Christmas is really about. Maybe it's reading Luke chapter 2 before we start tearing into presents. And then we bring Jesus to the world, to our world our circle of influence, to our extended family and to our friends. You know, God provides so many doors for us to share our story. You know, I, I just hear a lot of people say, um, you know, I'm just really tired with this whole COVID thing. I think we all are. And my answer is, I know, it's really moved me to pray even more about God's intervention in our broken and hurting world. Or uh, when people say, so who's going to be the president on the 20th of January? We have no clue. And I always say, well, I don't know who's going to be the president. I know who's going to be God. Or we could talk about life situations, whether they're joy-filled situations or sorrowful. But the fact that God has moved us through all of them. Or maybe it's as simple as sending a Christmas card. Maybe instead of a Christmas card that says, Santa Claus is coming to town, Maybe we can send one that says Jesus has already come and he's coming again. Or maybe social media. It's okay to send a picture of your Christmas tree and your stocking hung by the chimney with care, but maybe, maybe part of Advent is every day on social media, just post a reason why Christmas means so much to you, why Jesus means so much to you. isn't always easy being a Christian, is it? I think back about Mary. She grew up in Nazareth. Just so you know, Nazareth was a very, very small town when she was visited by the angel. Just a handful of homes of very orthodox Hebrew people. Imagine the whispering behind her back that this unmarried girl was expecting a child and maybe even ridicule to her face. But because she was graced by God, she was able to carry the message. And there may come times when you and I are in a conversation and maybe we're not really quite sure if we can handle it. How do we express our Christian faith in this one? And when we're in those times, I want us to remember Luke 12, verse 12, where Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the moment when you need them. So with that promise, 
With that promise, I think what we can do is join Mary and say, Behold, I am the slave of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And may we have an anxiousness. That's not one that's filled with terror, but an anxiousness filled with excitement. But then again, excitement will be Wednesday's theme. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.